1: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah Siddiqui. This is our first... Is this our first in-season podcast? Uh, yes. Yes, Yes. it is. It is. is. Because we recorded the last podcast right before the Thursday night game. So, congratulations, Joey. We're here. We are. In-season podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we're going to talk about waiver. Joe Mixon, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um... We're talking about waiver wires, talking about injuries, week one. Listen, guys, I have one message. I'm not, we're not going to review every single game in this in this podcast. We're all all about actionable advice, and the only actionable things you can do right now is improve your team, pick up guys in waivers, can keep churning that bench, um, and keep improving. Week one is not where you win your fantasy championship, but it's a good start. Um, but don't overreact to things that happen. You know, studs that underperformed, that sort of thing. Um, just just keep it moving, keep improving. Oh, I like that. Keep it moving. Keep improving. Ooh, I should put that shit on a T-shirt. What do you think? Keep he, it moving. Keep probably it moving. could. I I well, look are looking trademarks. Trademark. Um. All right, let's hit it, man. So we just got word about Raheem Mostert. He's going to be out eight weeks. He's going to be placed on IR, uh, which is good news uh, in one sense, where you know you can place him on in your IR spot if you have one available. Um, hopefully you have a couple. Um, because of COVID and all that Um, I I know that a couple of leagues that I'm in added a couple of spots because of COVID uh, before last season Uh, but Raheem Mostert he's gonna be out six weeks I'm sorry eight weeks um, and you know before the game Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch right and are you happy about that
0: (laughs) I'm so happy
1: are you victory lapping the Trey Sermons healthy? No, scratch? I'm not I'm not victory oh.
0: lapping. What I'm doing is okay, first of all, I feel bad for anyone getting injured. But as a 49ers fan, I mean as a 49ers fan, as a Raheem Mostert owner in fantasy football, you have been blessed with the opportunity to not have a headache for eight weeks at least. So you're welcome to Raheem Mostert.
1: Oh, as in like you don't have to you don't have to worry about starting him. Can I dream? start
0: him? Is Elijah Mitchell the running back We'll talk about that later. But yes, you've been blessed with not having a headache for eight weeks. Congratulations. Okay. But now if you pick up Elijah Mitchell, you, you get you're another probably headache. blessed with a
1: headache, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh so so let's let's talk about that situation like just straight off the bat, okay? Because sure. you know, this is directly related to the Raheem Mostert injury, and then we'll continue to go through the injuries and, and you know how it affects other players that you might want to pick up. Right. So Elijah Mitchell, you know uh, I I had him, you know, in my sleeper workhorse tier at number one before the season started, uh, you know, before he was drafted, Uh, you know, he's extremely athletic. I think he's at the 99th percentile there. Um, He ran a four, three, five at his pro day. And obviously, you know, Kyle Shanahan loves speed. Trey Sermon is not a speed guy. Um, I definitely like him more than Trey Sermon from an athletic perspective. Um, talent perspective, workhorse perspective, but, you know, it doesn't matter what I think. It seems like Kyle Shanahan might agree, right, um, based on the healthy scratch. Now, there is a, a, a good chance that Trey Sermon is going to be active next week, you know, with, uh, with Raheem Mostert out. Um, there is a possibility that Elijah Mitchell continues. Like, like, and, you know, him and Jermichael Hastie were both active in this game. And there was a clear separation, right? Between Elijah Mitchell and Jermichael Hastie in terms of usage, right? So like, if we knew that Trey Sermon was not going to be active next week, we could be, you know, relative, we still can't be hundred percent sure with Kyle Shanahan. We can be be. relatively sure (laughs) that um, Elijah Mitchell can, can give you some sort of, you know, maybe, maybe RB2 type of, you know, workload, right. Um, Going into next week, listen, you know, it's really about like, okay, guys, do I burn my number one waiver for him? Do I, how much money of, how much fab do I spend on him if I need a running back? Right. Um, What is your take here? What do you think people should spend? Uh, Are you going after him at all? What is your take on Elijah Mitchell in terms of, in terms of a waiver wire ad?
0: Okay. Well, look, it's, I'm not putting that much stock into Elijah Mitchell. I, I, I did also like Elijah Mitchell um better than Trey Sermon in all aspects of the game. I, I had Elijah Mitchell as a higher ranked prospect. I you know, overall, I was just a bigger fan of Elijah Mitchell. But even so, right, like don't if you're if you're in a league where you have fab waivers, do not dump half your fab on a guy like Elijah Mitchell just to realize, oh, next week Jamichael Hasty's the guy. Oh, next week Trey Sermon's the guy. This is a hot-handed backfield. Yes, there was a separation between Elijah Mitchell and Jermichael Hasty, but guess what? That's because Elijah Mitchell was playing better. And next week, Jermichael Hasty could be playing better. Next week, Trey Sermon could have a touchdown. So this is, again, alphabet soup, all the letters. We have D right now is leading the charge. Um, B is back, hopefully, from off the inactive list. E is also getting involved. You have Kyle Juszczyk there as well. Like, this is not... Just stay away, right? If you can pick him up as a priority waiver, there's not really anyone else who stands out to you. Sure, grab him. Why not? But if I'm like if I have to use fab, I am not dumping a large percentage of my fab into Elijah Mitchell. He would be a depth guy, if anything. Uh James White is available in 40 in uh, over 50% of leagues right now. I would a hundred percent rather get a guy like James White over Elijah Mitchell. How much fab would you drop on a Mitchell?
1: If you needed an RB two for next week,
0: um, uh, if I have a hundred dollars for the fab, yep,
1: a percentage wise, um, you know,
0: but yeah, sure, hundred dollars that makes sense. I would drop maybe less than ten, less than ten bucks. So basically, you're not going to get them, pr- pr- pretty basically, much. Basically, yeah, I'm not going to okay. get them because it's not going to be worth it for me. Yeah,
1: no, I hear you. Okay, so my my take is this: so I, the way I I spend fab is like, okay, cool, like I'm going to spend this amount of money. But I ha- I know that I'm taking a risk here, right? And they are calculated risks. And I would basically – I would drop about 25% of my fab on Elijah Mitchell at the very most, right? And you know your league. You know how much – you know. hopefully you know your league. You, you kind of have an idea of what your league s- spends and, and just their overall spending habits in terms of fab. Um, I would blow my number one waiver priority. Um, I'm not a fan of holding on to number one waiver priorities. And I think in this particular situation – it's worth letting that go and then like having your shot and making your way back to number one, you know, over the next several weeks. Um, So I'm okay doing that because I think that's worth it. Um, But I don't want to spend 50% 50 of my fab either. I don't want to blow all my fab there uh, because of the risk that we talked about, but there is a chance that Elijah Mitchell is just straight up better than all of these other running backs. Um, And for that uh, to, you know, for that possibility, I'm willing to risk and bet some of my fab for that possibility. Right. That's kind of my mindset. Right. So like you have to, if you're going to spend, you have to go in with that mindset of there's a risk here and you know, that risk might not be, you know, worth it. But I think for 25% uh, I'm personally okay with spending that much uh, just in case Elijah Mitchell is that guy. Now, I'm okay spending that much even if he's a depth, a depth guy for me, right? Like obviously running back depth is, is huge um, and any of your running backs can go down at any point. And if Elijah Mitchell is, you know, getting like, you know, 50, 60% of snaps in that offense, it could be worth it. So that's how I'm approaching that situation. Now, I, there are if there are other, you know, running backs available in your league, right? Like I would definitely check to see if Latavius I saw Latavius Murray's available in some leagues. For whatever reason, right? Like maybe shallow benches, whatever the case may be. But if he's available, like I'd rather pick up Latavius Murray, right? Um, check if like Naheem Hines is available, right? He's eight targets, six catches, nine attempts. That, that's ridiculous. That's a great workload right there yeah. for Naheem Hines, right? And that's a solid ass role if that continues and that can potentially last all season long, right? Um, and they just gave him that contract too. So you know that they really like him and, and they like him as part of their plans, right? Um, so those are guys like you mentioned that you would take James White. I personally would rather have Elijah Mitchell take the shot on Elijah Mitchell, but I do understand that if I want a sure thing in PPR, I think the sure thing is James White over Elijah Mitchell for sure. I don't think there's any, any, uh, argument there.
0: Yeah, and um, my thing is, like, yeah. Elijah Mitchell could end up being a waste of a pick. And I understand the upside yeah. of getting a guy like Elijah Mitchell. Yes. But if everybody else is hyper-focused on one guy, you might be able to get James White for cheap. He could be your running back three in PPR, and you would be fine. You know, even yes. on this game, it was a pretty balanced game throughout. And, um, you know, Damian Harris had, like, 20-plus carries on the ground, and he still got over 10 points, you know, th- this week in PPR. So if you have a game where they're down... Forget about it. I mean, Mac Jones had Forget like 74% about accuracy. He was all, all his passes were short. Like James White is going to eat.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And your James White call uh, when the when the Mac Jones uh, thing happened, like I give you a lot of credit for that too. So good call on that one. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. You know, it's it's a calculated risk with Elijah Mitchell. And part of the reason why I'm okay dropping a little bit of fab on him is because of uh, the fact that I liked him so much as a prospect. Um, And if if Kyle Shanahan falls in love with him too, like I did, um, then, you know, you, you could have something there. Uh, just keep in mind that Raheem Mostert is going to come back soon. Number one, number two, Jeff Wilson is going to come back soon mm-hmm. as well. So keep in mind about Jeff Wilson too. Okay, um, this sure. is more about like, hey, are, am I taking a shot on a guy who could potentially break out? Right, and he did look good, um, but I would not like like Joe mentioned. Don't don't spend fifty percent of your fab. I, I, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be doing it. Um, okay, Jerry Judy. Unfortunately, he was Teddy Bridgewater's favorite guy, man. Like, we, we were talking about it all offseason, that if Teddy Bridgewater's the guy, he's going to be looking at uh, Jerry Judy. Now, Colton Sutton, you know, he was shadowed by James Bradbury, so that, that was definitely a factor in – you know, him not targeting Sutton because that's not Teddy's game. And we talked about that. Like he he already doesn't target guys like Sutton in terms of like, you know, the contested catch. But like on top of that, James Bradbury's all over him. Nah, he's not going to go that way, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's unfortunate. Jerry Judy is going to be out for six to eight weeks with a high ankle sprain. Um, That's unfortunate. But there are, you know, guys are going to be able to step up. Now, if you have Jerry Judy, hopefully you have an IR slot and you can throw him in your IR. If not, Listen, I'm not. If you have a shallow bench, five or less bench spots, I, I'm not keeping Jerry Judy on my bench for five weeks. Um, I'm fine dropping him, and I'm fine keep keeping that roster churning. If you have six or more, sure, you can keep him on there. But like, I'm not. I usually don't like to keep you know injured players for that long on my bench unless they're studs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So like, so now, how are you viewing Cortland Sutton moving forward uh, with Jerry Judy uh, going down? <clears throat>
0: I, I don't want to overvalue Cortland Sutton. That's one of my biggest concerns here, is because you know, like you said, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't like to throw those contested catches. He doesn't like to throw those deep balls up in the air, see who gets it. Um, he, he's a short passer. And that's why I think we're just gonna see a lot more Noah Fant. Um, we might see a lot more Tim Patrick. I think other guys are gonna step into the the vacancy of Jerry Judy's role. Um, it, it doesn't increase the ceiling for a guy like Cortland Sutton and maybe if they move him around a little bit more I'll get more excited about him but um it, you can't sell a guy like Cortland Sutton high because he didn't do anything um so if he does have a big game next week and he doesn't have a huge target share that's when I'd say okay you can sell Cortland Sutton high as of right now I, I think he's still startable as like a wide receiver three but um you know for me I'm, I'm just worried that that work that is vacated from Jerry Judy is, uh, it, it's not going to just go to Sutton. It, I don't think that's the way it's going to be. It's going to be more Fant, more Tim Patrick, more Hamler, potentially, if he gets slot play. But, um, yeah, that's yeah, I, I
1: actually 100% agree with you. It's going to be no offense. No offense, I think, is the biggest, um, he, he's, he's going to be the guy who is the biggest beneficiary from this because these guys are running routes similarly on the field. The dot was very similar in this game as well. Um, and Noah Fant ended up being Teddy Bridgewater's favorite target otherwise, right, in this game. Uh, Tim Patrick, um, he is the pickup over K.J. Hamler. Uh, he had a much higher route participation. By the way, Noah Fant had a 75% route participation in this game. So that's up there. He could potentially be in that top five. Uh, conversation at the end of the year based on that in PPR leagues. Um, I'm a little bit worried about his touchdown production with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, but in terms of PPR, he's going to have a solid floor every single week uh, with upside because of his athletic ability. Um, so, yeah, I think those are the, th- those are the guys. Uh, KJ Hamler, you know, he did drop a long touchdown. Teddy Bridgewater did find him uh, like super deep, uh, you know, in the end zone, it was the end zone target, but it went right through his hands. It would have been a big play. Uh, but that, that's unfortunate. But, it, it, you know, that's the kind of player KJ Hamler is right now with Teddy. I don't think he's going to be over-targeted. But uh, Tim Patrick, uh, he's the guy who's going to be on the field a ton. No offense, he's, he's the guy going to be on the field a ton as well. So uh, I think Tim Patrick is someone you could look at on waivers. You can drop a couple dollars on him this week because um, you'll probably be able to get you know a PPR flex production from him uh, with you know with with a little bit more upside than that. Um, Michael Gallup he got hurt as well. Uh, what, what was his, what was his injury? Was it a, it was a yeah. calf, right? It was a calf injury or something
0: like that. Yeah.
1: Calf injury. He'll be, he'll be out like three to five weeks. Yeah. Um, so that obviously is going to raise um, the ceilings and, and the floors of Amari Cooper uh, and CD lamb. That's the obvious Dalton Schultz. Um. You know, see, the thing is with these tight ends, like they they were kind of sharing that role. They were both, they both ran like 40 plus routes in this game. Um. So there is no clear guy as of right now. Um, But, you know, hopefully that will change at some point. Um, I I don't see any other clear beneficiary here. Like, I I, I don't want to go, like, to the next wide receiver because I just think that the targets will be a little bit more, you know, tightly distributed. Remember, Zeke wasn't too involved in the pass game either. So I do expect several targets to go his way, uh, you know, starting next week. You know, Zeke played a very specific role in this game against Tampa, and it was not what you're used to but I do expect his role to be what we're used to uh, going forward starting next week. Um, he's a great by low. He's a great by low right now, if people are crazy enough to sell him. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he's an old man, so he hurt his hip. That was a bad joke. Um, <laughs> but but uh, a Taylor Heineke, uh, he's going to move in uh, in his place. Tyler, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be out a while. Um, we, we don't know exactly how long, but it's going to be a bit. Um, so Taylor Heineke becomes a pickup in two quarterback leagues and super flex leagues. He probably is, is available in those type of leagues. You know, it's very rare for these guys, you know, to be available. So you got to pick him up. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely usable as well. He has a little bit of like a sneaky rushing floor, uh, as well. So just keep an eye out on that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, this, you know, we, we don't know how it's going to affect these pass catchers this year. Um, there was a very low number of attempts in this game uh so don't overreact to terry mclaurin's stat line and um logan thomas's stat line antonio gibson i think did, did antonio gibson lead this team in targets i think he did if i'm not mistaken
0: um, um in this game i actually have all the I, yesterday i was going over and i was doing all the target shares for each team i usually post the top four um on each team he was up there I'm yeah, yeah, right I think thing. I think
1: Gibson was right up there,
0: but you know, hopefully
1: this offense can take a, you know, can 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 hold its own without Fitzpatrick. We obviously like the, uh, we, we like the ceiling of McLaurin with Fitzpatrick, but hopefully Heineken can, can do his thing.
0: So Antonio Gibson had twenty three point eight percent target share. Terry had a nineteen, as well as Diami Brown, who also had a nineteen percent target share. Uh, Logan Thomas up there at fourteen point three. Diami Brown, I, I saw a tweet. Not too long ago, he he ran a ton of routes, and, and I think he was third in the team in terms of snaps and routes, right behind Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin. So, if there is a third guy in this offense who could be, you know, a third pass catcher who might get some work, it could be Diami Brown. Let's yeah, see if we could find this again, but
1: yeah, you know. no, that's definitely an interesting name there. Um, no surprise here, but Rashad Penny got hurt already. He re-aggravated his cap or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> um, so this became a situation that you knew was going to happen. This is Carson Wentz backfield. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. Um, okay. Uh, other running backs. Again, you check Carson, Carson? What's that?
0: You said, you said Carson Wentz backfield.
1: Did I say that? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, Chris Carson's backfield. Goodness. All right. Um Again, check if Latavius Maurice is available before tonight's game. Um, but you well, or after tonight's game by the time you listen to this. Um, check if Naheem Hines is available, eight targets, six catches, nine attempts. Uh Mark Ingram, dude. <laughs> Mark Ingram had like twenty what did twenty-eight carries or twenty-five carries or... or something.
0: Dude. Yeah, I, I mean, Ooh.
1: dude, like, okay, first of all. This might be the only game the Texans have an opportunity to do this against the Jaguars. The Jaguars looked atrocious on defense. Yeah. Um, And the Texans might not have an opportunity to put this type of game up um, in terms of rushing the ball. Uh, All all three running backs, him, Lindsey, and David Johnson got a touchdown this game. Uh, (laughs) This is not going to happen very often. Uh, I would not be interested in picking up Mark Ingram. Personally, I don't think there's a ton of upside here. I don't see a lot of games where he's going to be getting this type of rushing workload. Um, I don't even see a game where he'll get more than 20 rushing attempts in a game from here on out. Um, Yeah. Are you, am I crazy? Like, am I, am I, am I, is it a good thing to just leave him on the wire? (laughs)
0: No, I mean, how could you not expect this offense to be led by Danny Amendola, Farrell Brown, Mark, Huber, Mark Ingram? Like, come on, we all saw this coming. These are all three guys that were highly touted this entire offseason with the Texans. <laughs> no, it's, it's nuts. Uh, David Johnson did have a 12% target share. So next week they're going to have a wake-up call against the Browns. Um, I, I'm expecting a lot more David Johnson. I'm not saying he's startable, but he was still primarily the passing and, you know, he was the running back when they were down. He did look decent uh, as a runner. He did catch a ball for a touchdown. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I want to see this backfield become a trend because next week if they try to run it with Mark Ingram another 20 times. We're going to have to riot. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I'm leaving him on the wire. I'm not interested unless you're in a 14 team de- league or deeper and you really need running back. Type, there's nothing out there. Sure. Um, sure but yeah. no, I'm good. I, I even think marketing might be rostering <laughs> in a couple of those type of leagues. Um, uh, Kenneth Gainwell is an interesting name too. Uh, he saw four targets on 13 routes run. Uh, he had 12 touches altogether. Uh, he also saw all the snaps in the two minute drill. Actually, Sanders did see, actually, no, Sanders was on the field for one of them. He asked Sanders 13 to one in the two minute drill. So he's their passing down guy. Boston Scott didn't see a snap. He's not a factor in this offense. So Kenny, yes. can, can Kenny Gainwell, somebody who could, you could potentially flex in a PPR league, um, you know, in, in a deeper league. Uh, but also like if Sanders were to ever get hurt, I think Gainwell would would get a huge bump in value, especially with how they were using him, uh, clo- you know, in, in in goal line situations. Uh, you know, he wasn't their goal line back. Sanders is their goal line back, but they do have red zone packages for him, just like how they did for Naheem Hines. Uh, you know, same coaching staff. You know, uh, coming uh, from from Indy, right? So like it's it's a very similar factor. Like when the when, like you mentioned multiple times this off
0: season, when they talked about a Naheem Hines role, this this is exactly the role he's but- playing. Yep, and to that extent, I mean, we talked about Neem, Naheem Hines himself and Jonathan Taylor. Um, both of these two led their team in target share this week. Jonathan Taylor, 18.4, Naheem Hines, 21%. So this is kind of a similar situation where Miles Sanders also had a ton of targets, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting him to kind of just not get targeted at all, and that work would end up going to someone like Kenny Go- uh, Kenny Go- uh, Kenneth Gainwell. But uh, Miles Sanders still very much involved as a pass catcher. He could be a high-end running back, too, this year, even with Kenny Gainwell right next to him. It's just going to – game scripts and, you know, the matchup itself might be a little tricky if they have a tough matchup. But for the most part, Miles Sanders looks to be a solid running back, too.
1: He is, man. He is. He, he was a val- – it looks like if this type of usage continues, he's a value in drafts, especially if Jalen Hurts keeps it going as well. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So James White, uh, do you have anything else to say about him? You know, he, he got his targets. Um, He's looking like a a real part of the offense. You mentioned that the game script was in, wasn't in his favor, like, you know,
0: historically, but he was still able to produce. I just want to talk for about Ramondre Stevenson and how much he disappointed real quick to the fact that he came in, fumbled, missed a terrible block, and then he didn't see the field again. So there's just a lot of preseason hype around this dude. I really didn't see it. We We can see JJ Taylor over him in the next game who played better in preseason just saying but um yeah james white himself i mentioned how uh the average depth of each mac jones passes were like normally like under 10 yards like this dude does not want to throw down field yet unless it's the nelson aguilar apparently uh which has happened a few times but for the most part he's going to be passing short james white is going to be the beneficiary of that if they get into a matchup where they're playing down I mean, James White could jump in and be a PPR running back, too. Just two years ago, he was the running back 18 in PPR at the end of the year, and that was without Cam Newton. So, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of upside for James White here. Um, Yeah, Yeah. get him if you can.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, I think that those are the main ads, really. I um, add running back. Um, if you're looking at deeper leagues, uh, Cordell Patterson, you know, someone you might want to add to the back of your roster. He was extremely efficient with his touches behind yeah. Mike Davis. Um, I would look out for his role to potentially grow a bit in the coming weeks if that continues. And if if Mike Davis continues to be less efficient,
0: imagine Corderell Patterson being their RB one. <laughs> How?
1: I mean, honestly, that'll be amazing. Like that'll be a serious, like it'd be an amazing comeback story. Because he's been mm-hmm. in the league for a while. Obviously, he had a great college career. You know, it's highly touted coming in and then finally he gets a job like as an RB1. Well, I, I think his
0: main thing is, is as a returner. So I think he's gonna play that complimentary role and have his big plays. But I, I think you've got to have this guy as a returner. He's not gonna be the full workhorse back and then put him in as returner as well. So I, I, why, I not? That, why not? Why well, <laughs> not? I just wanna see it,
1: dude. I don't know. I just wanna see it. But uh, but, but they have Mike Davis. So they'll be fine if you know and
0: he, he looks good too. He did right. Like he looked good, especially early on. Later in the game, I I, I ended up watching the whole game. This offense was um, just terrible. The offense was terrible. He had. I mean, every time he handed the ball, there were three guys in front of him. Like yeah. the play calling was bad. But earlier in the game, he was hitting some of these runs. He looked tough. He looked quick. I mean, Mike Davis is looking good. So as long as they can actually not be if, if shit, his
1: role if his role stays the same, um, then that means that you got a value where he was drafted.
0: Yep. Um, Larry Rountree
1: uh, was the guy behind Austin Eckler this week in case you're looking for like, you know, who that guy is in a deeper league. Everyone's looking for Austin yeah. Eckler's handcuff or Austin Eckler's RB2 to Austin Eckler. He was the guy surprisingly because he was not the guy behind Eckler in preseason. Um, so Joshua Kelly was a non-factor here. Justin Jackson was a non-factor. It, it was Larry Rountree. Um, all right, let's move on to wide receivers. Oh, um, I do
0: want to bring up one more guy. Yes, um, please. Damian Williams. Right, because last night, yep. Dave Montgomery, he, by the way, looked awesome. He looks like he's going to pick up exactly where he left off last year. He did look Even
1: good.
0: In, you know, with hopefully Justin Fields coming in sooner than later, that can only mean better things for his value. And against a really tough LA Rams defense, which I don't think gave up a single 100-yard rushing game to any running back last year. Uh, Dave not. Montgomery walked into that first game and had over 100 yards. So that was awesome. And he and he, missed he
1: and he missed a chunk of that game too.
0: Yeah, and he did. Um, he had one target. Damien Williams had five targets and it seemed like when they were in passing situations or two minute drills, Damien Williams was the one on the field. So, the it, case, looks like, yes. so it looks like Damien Williams is going to be that Tariq Cohen type role this year. If they're in a bad game script, he might be worth rostering. But again, this is, you know, talking deeper here.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And he's also the handcuff too. He's a three down handcuff. Yeah, David Montgomery. Like, if if David Montgomery were to get hurt, um, Damian Williams has a better. It would have a better role than Montgomery would have. Um, you know, as long as Damian well, Williams. Not to stays say is
0: never going to come back because he is on the pup for six weeks, so he, he is return.
1: he is. Um, but who knows what Tariq Cohen's situation is right? Like exactly. You know, he, 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 there's no guarantee that Tariq Cohen gets his job back.
0: Um,
1: but yeah. That's that's a good, good call-out from last night, yep. Um, okay, moving on to wide receivers. Sterling Shepard, someone we talked about, you know, before the the, the week week started, um, nine targets, over 100 yards. It was a relatively tough matchup for him. He still scored a touchdown as well. Um, he's somebody that you might want to look at, you know, as one of the top waiver wire ads this week.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about consistency when you have a guy like Evan Ingram coming back. You have, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay's first game. Hopefully he can improve going forward. And then um, not to mention Saquon Barkley kind of played a limited role. So hopefully he gets more involved as a pass catcher. I don't think Shepard's going to be, I mean, look, this is like Shepard's ultimate upside, right? This is the best of the best of what he can do. It's going to come down to what makes Daniel Jones comfortable because there's not a lot about that offensive line or about that offense about this team. That makes Daniel Jones comfortable. So, what making him comfortable is is passing to Sterling Shepard 10 times a game, Sterling Shepard is going to keep getting the ball. Um, in that respect, like I said, other guys are going to come back. Other guys are going to get healthier. So, long term, I don't know how much I want to buy into that, but he's definitely worth an ad. You can put him on your bench and see how he progresses throughout the year. And if he's worth a weekly start, then he's worth a weekly start. A couple bucks. No couple more than bucks. 5% of your fat. No more. No, no more than 5%. No more, no because- less.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely spend less but okay. like nothing no more than five percent you know stony shepherd hasn't had the best injury history number one uh okay. number two like a lot of the reasons you mentioned where the targets can be more distributed than you think when kenny galladay you know kind of reaches into his own into his potential you know wide receiver one type of status um and saquon you know getting 10 targets a game as well um that can all happen sooner than later don't treat this as a season long asset treat this as like i can use him in the next couple of weeks um i mentioned tim patrick being the pickup over kj hamler high rap participation he was one of uh he was teddy bridgewater looked at him a ton um and with the injury to jerry judy he's somebody that you should be looking at as well a couple bucks on him if you need to possible it's very possible you get him for free as well or for a dollar um christian kirk man like we talked about this right like is he is he going to be the guy or Rondell Moore going to be the guy, right? And I talked about this so much, like this, like in, during preseason that I felt I felt nauseous talking about it so much. Where Rondell Moore was getting all the hype, right? But we didn't get an opportunity to see all these guys uh, healthy or, or all these guys active, right? All wide receivers. KJ Hamler was playing in the slot with uh, Christian Kirk outside. Now, with everybody healthy and everybody, I'm sorry, with everybody active now, Christian Kirk was the guy playing in the slot and this is where he thrives and you saw what happened, right? He got it done in a big way. He's a good wide receiver from the slot 72% route participation, um, on, on, um, Kyler Murray's throws. Rondell Moore only had 44% of route participation on, on Kyler Murray's throws. So Christian Kirk is a big pickup. He's an upside guy. Um, he is somebody that you can throw into your flex any given week, give you upside, but he also has the upside of potentially being like a high and wide receiver three, you know, if he can thrive in that slot role and be the number two target over AJ Green. I can totally see that happening in this offense.
0: Yeah. And you saw yeah, how I mean, Colin Murray play played.
1: Colin, Colin Murray was playing yeah, really he. well. Um <laughs> do you see and, him play you know, Madden?
0: It was, e- it was just easy for him, dude. What was that? Do you see him, do you see him play Madden? I did not see him play Madden. <laughs> There was this one play where I, he it, – it's ridiculous. You have to watch it. I'll send it to you and you can watch it after. But basically, he's got like two Tennessee defenders in front of him. He's got one behind him. He cuts short. The one Tennessee Titans defender falls over. There's like two more chasing him. Oh, he does oh a thought, vertical, okay, comes dude, back are around. You... <laughs> You're talking about the actual play in real life. Yeah, the actual play. I saw and that. And on every and video, it's
1: described as him playing Madden in real life. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't catch that, dude. So yeah, I, I'm sorry I cut you off there. But like, I understand. What you're saying now. And he picked. And he picked up the first down after all of that. Yes. It was just like, dude. Like, I thought you literally asked me, like, have you ever seen him play Madden? I'm like, I don't think so. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great pass to Rondo Moore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was that was so legit, dude. He's so nasty. He's so good. So, like, if you can get, like, the potential upside of a wide receiver, too, in that offense uh, with Christian Kirk playing his natural position of the slot, um, I would pounce on that. Like, out of all the options at, at wide receiver this week, I think Christian Kirk is my favorite if he's available.
0: And he is. And also, if you guys play in kick return, punt return leagues, like I do, which is kind of weird, but whatever, Rondo Moore did both. So, that's also Much more upside as well. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Van Jefferson is a name I want to talk about. Obviously, you know, he had that big touchdown on Monday night football, but there's a lot of context I want to go over with his role on this offense. Jefferson ran a route on 92% of Stafford's throws and played on like 65% of overall snaps. And that's higher than any game last year that he had. Um, and Deshaun Jackson coming in, right. And being their fourth wide receiver is actually taking away from Robert Woods, believe it or not. Uh, D-Jacks, yeah, that is not d ran ten routes on Stafford's twenty-six attempts, and Robert Woods ran a route on seventy-three percent of Stafford's routes. Remember, so Van Jefferson ran a route on ninety-two percent of Stafford's routes. Robert Woods ran a route on seventy-three percent of Stafford's routes, whereas he would normally have almost one hundred percent route participation, right? And that's what he had over the last couple of years. Um, so Jefferson, Van Jefferson, is on the up in this offense. So I would definitely keep an eye on him, potentially add him to the back of your roster to see how he continues. You know, he didn't have a crazy target sharing like that, um, but there was a penalty that got called back on one of his targets. Um, And I would really like monitor this offense. We saw how efficient and easily Matt Stafford was able to carve up this, this bears defense right last night. Um, It's him plus Sean McVay. And you talked about their, the, the, the broadcast couldn't talk, couldn't talk about their bromance. Like nonstop, like during that whole <laughs> whole broadcast. Um, they both have photographic memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Van Jefferson's somebody that you should definitely look out for. Um, you know, even in twelve-team leagues, not someone you nef- necessarily want to start right away, um, but somebody who like listen, ninety-two percent of route step, uh, of of uh, route participation is very high um, with Matt Stafford and on this offense. So I would definitely pay attention to that. And if you're looking at Cup versus Woods right now. Cup has the clear advantage, not just not just for production, and we've been saying it all offseason as well that Cup is the guy for this year over Woods uh, compared to like the the, it was the opposite the year before. Um, But yeah, if you have Cup, congratulations. Um, Cole Beasley, I think he had like ten plus targets in this game. You know, I think I think we just didn't want to draft Cole Beasley. Uh, because of his off-season antics. Um, but, you know, he's somebody who can definitely be uh, viable in PPR. I think he was like – he ended up as a wide receiver too last year, right, Um, yeah. overall. So he's going to be fantasy relevant. We knew he was going to be, and he is. So if you want to pick him up, if you have tolerance for his shit, just uh, – <laughs> you're fine. Put him in your roster. Do it oh, uh, man, in PPR leagues if, 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 if he's available. Um. Nelson Aguilar had a good week, um, and he plays the Jets next week. So if you need like a spot star in a deeper league, sure. um, you can play Nelson Aguilar. Did he lead the Patriots in targets this week?
0: Nope. Who did? Jacoby Myers.
1: Jacoby Myers did. Okay. So Jacoby, so had Jacoby Myers, Myers
0: had two more targets than him. He had 23% target share. Nelson Aguilar had the same exact amount of targets as James White. Got it. Okay. He just made right, bigger so plays.
1: He made bigger plays. Okay. And he does run a, like, a deeper route tree than, yeah. than, uh, than Jacoby Myers. Um, but against the Jets, you know, he could definitely do his thing. Jacoby Myers, obviously rostered everywhere. Don't panic on him, by the way. Um, Tyrese Marshall, someone like a deeper league, you might want to add, um, you know, he had a, you know, I think he had six targets in this game. Um, he's somebody that you can keep on the end of your, end of your bench. Ba- this is more like an end of bench stash guys. Um, you can kind of keep him there. Robbie Anderson, you know, didn't have a huge target share at all. You know, I'm he had that one. Nine. Yeah. He he had that one big play. You, got, you I think it's time to sell um dj moore is the guy in that offense um christian mccaffrey and dj moore that's 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 basically the extent of this offense at this point um zach pascal um he 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 was targeted in the end zone uh he was the primary wide receiver now he didn't necessarily stand out in terms of target share uh, but it seems as though he had the highest route participation of these Colts wide receivers so if you're going to pick up any any colts any Colt is probably going to be him
0: um all right any other wide receivers or should we move to tight ends um just some deep guys here sure uh, cedric wilson we know michael gallup's going to be out for a little bit if you're in a deep deep league or in a really tight spot i mean cedric wilson is going to be playing as that wide receiver three on this team and even if he you know he did next week especially against the chargers I mean, this is going to be a shootout of all shootouts. The amount of times – I think Justin Herbert threw the ball almost 60 times last week, and so did Dak Prescott. I think this is going to be an insane shootout, and I think this is a game where Cedric Wilson, off volume alone, could end up getting like six or seven catches for like 80 or something yards, which would be startable. He Deep, deep, deep option, maybe a cheap DFS guy. But um, we, as we know, Michael Goff's can be out for three to five weeks, so just something to keep in mind. Anybody else? uh tim patrick we talked about we talked Zach about Pascal, yep. gabriel davis you know he caught a touchdown he looks good
1: um no, nobody else
0: okay uh so let's move on to tight ends um
1: one guy i wanted to mention was james o'shaughnessy uh <laughs> ran a 44 he ran 44 routes in this game he got nine targets i think it was um so this this offense is going to be passing a lot you saw how bad their defense was the texans were able to carve them up so they're going to be passing the ball a lot O'Shaughnessy with, is, has ridiculous route participation, almost 100%. Um, and then with those nine targets, he's definitely somebody who, you know, we should be looking at in, in PPR leagues for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, it, yeah, It's just like him and Farrell Brown. It's like picker poison of like guys who have been in the league for so long and have like been on different teams. And you're just like, do I want this guy in my team or what? Yeah. So, but listen, like if you're streaming tight ends, you know,
1: these are the type of numbers to chase, you know, like this 44 routes and nine targets, like that's that's what you have to chase. I mean, I'm all sorry. their wide receivers were active, you know, they were all playing, yeah. you know, so it's not like he was like the beneficiary uh, of anything, of, of like some injury or something like
0: that. That's just, that's what his role is. Yeah. <laughs> For a a worse. lot of guys had some weird target shares this week. I mean, Chester Rogers had the same amount of targets as Julio Jones this week. Daniel Amendola kind of Yeah, of course. I mean look, 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 like
1: AJ Brown and, and Julia Jones, you know, didn't get the targets that they want, but like you gotta expect that to go up. You know, we have to put a little bit of common sense too into these target shares because um, you know, also like the attempts go up, go down. Um, so if Ryan Sander is going to be throwing the ball a ton at some point, we're gonna be able to see these two guys. Um you know, it was a negative game script too, which was even more interesting. Um but but yeah, hopefully they get that corrected soon. Um, Adam Troutman and Jawan Johnson. These are two guys that we should be looking at, uh, in new Orleans. James Winston really likes Jawan Johnson, apparently in the end zone. The zone uh, yeah. but Adam Troutman's the one who led them in targets. Um, Trotman also, you know, ran a ton of routes, um, over Jawan Johnson. So like, you know, if you had to pick one in PPR leagues, it's like, okay, who's more sustainable? It might be Adam Troutman, but if Jawan Johnson is going to be in those packages in the end zone, you know, this could be like a Cameron Brait type of situation where James Winston just loves looking at that guy in the end zone.
0: Well, maybe you have this data, but was Marcus Callaway seeing a ton of Jared Alexander? So J.R. Alexander was not
1: shadowing uh, Marcus Callaway in this game. Um, he did see him on, you know, several routes, so maybe like I would say like 40% of his routes, um, but it wasn't uh, a huge, a huge um, factor in why he didn't perform. I think a lot of it really had to do with just James Winston like throwing the ball 20 times.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that's one of the things I'm worried about to where like, okay, if Marquez Callaway saw Jer Alexander the whole game and the next game, he kind of opens up a little bit more. I think we'll see more targets go his way. And then we get to the red zone. Juwan Johnson is going to be the guy. So I think Adam Trotman will lose a little more of his role and Juwan Johnson would keep that red zone role. So.
1: That's if you have to pick one, if you going. have to
0: pick one guy, Adam Trotman or Juwan
1: Johnson and you know, as a, like a quarter, as a tight end streamer or somebody, if you're going to pick up one this week, who would it be? Juwan. Okay. Now, and by the way, uh, look out for people dropping Marquez Calloway this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously some people picked him up super late, some people picked him up super early because they had high expectations. And the people who, 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 who the, <laughs> the people who picked them up with high expectations might not drop him, but the people who picked him up with low expectations in like the fifteenth, sixteenth round, like earlier, uh, in earlier drafts, might be fine dropping him, right? Um, so if they do, I would personally scoop be scooping him up wherever he's dropped. Um, just because his his role. By the way, he had he had more he had double the snaps on the field than the next guy. I think Tommy Lee. No, not I was gonna say Tommy Lee Lewis. Deontay Harris um, probably. Yeah, he he had like the second most snaps behind uh, Marquez Callaway, and it was like it was it was like half of his snaps. So Marquez Call was on the field for every single snap. So he's gonna be that wide receiver one for sure. Okay. Um, oh, my kids are home. There we go. You can tell. Um, (laughs) um, okay. So we talked about that. Cole Komet, uh, somebody who also had a high route participation. He was pretty involved. He came on in that second half of the game against the Rams. Uh, so he's a deep ad in, in, you know, for tight ends, uh, Tyler Conklin, um, you know, obviously we know that, uh, the Vikings, uh, Irv Smith is hurt. He's going to be out several weeks. Um, and they, they did, uh, trade for um, what's his name from the Jets, Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon. So Chris Herndon only played about 15 snaps or so, but Tyler Conklin played like 50 plus. So there's a clear separation there. So if you're like in a deep league and you need some a streamer, Tyler Conklin would be the guy. Could um, be because
0: they got him really late, though. Just saying with the Chris Herndon. Chris yeah, Herndon's, Herndon's role can, roll, can grow. Can, Herndon rolls yeah.
1: can grow, but like, listen, like Herndon, you know, he he couldn't get it done over the past several years. So like, who knows? even with a new regime they had nothing they didn't want anything to do with him so uh who knows if he's going to actual actually have a a big role or if he's just depth on this team behind conklin but just keep an eye out on him um any other tight ends that i'm I'm missing here
0: uh dalton schultz there was there was a lot of uh share between dalton schultz and blake jarwin they actually both played a good amount of snaps they both played over 50 percent of the snaps and what that tells me is, with Michael Gallup gone, maybe we'll see a lot more, more of two tight end sets. It seems like Dalton Schultz was a little bit more favored, could because could be because Blake was coming off the injury. Yeah. But um, ultimately, I think in a game like next week, Dalton Schultz could be a streamer. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean,
1: why not target these like high pace, amazing offenses, right? Like you can you can literally stream both guys, and you, you might be yeah. fine um, if you're if you're in a pinch.
0: And also Gerald Everett caught a touchdown, and he was out-targeted by Will Disley, but uh, he, he was targeted in the red zone, as Russell Wilson had mentioned, and um, uh, Jared Cook, to my demise, had a decent target share as well, so another guy to consider. Okay, great. Um, a couple
1: of quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, obviously, you know, he's going up against Carolina next week. Uh, it's possible that Mar- this is a much better matchup for Marquez Calloway. So he can come through and, and obviously perk up Jameis Winston's numbers. Um, it's possible that they are a little bit like, listen, for the Saints to shut down the Packers the way they did. Um, what are they going to do against Sam Darnold? You know what I mean? And it's, it's possible that this is another type of similar game script, but Jameis Winston was still able to throw five touchdowns in this game. So do you think that you would stream stream him against Carolina?
0: I would. And I'm expecting the Panthers to do better than the Packers, not to say the Panthers are better than the Packers at all, but I, I think this is more of a bad game for Aaron Rodgers than it was a great game for the Saints defense. I mean, if you watched some of the throws that Rodgers made, like one of the interceptions he threw were just awful. Like he missed Devontae Adams, who was wide open on a couple, th- on a couple plays He overthrew him and caused an interception. Like Aaron Rodgers did not look sharp at all. I saw this thing was like Aaron Rodgers conspiracy theory. He comes back back to the Packers just to ruin their last season. before he. I saw that too. (laughs) I
1: saw that too. And like, and you know, it's crazy because he had zero discipline, like in his throws, like he was thrown off his back foot. Like usually it could work, but he was thrown off his back foot. He was inaccurate. Yeah, I I totally agree with you there. Um, But it's interesting because, you know, people were talking about him at, you know, it, you know, the reporters were talking to him, asking him questions after the game. And he was just like, hey, guys, it's just one game. It's just one game. It'll be fine. You know what I mean? It's just like, dude, like, you can't take any criticism. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you were dog shit, you know? Um, and yeah. and it affected everyone's fantasy team. Dude had, what, five points? Um. Anyway, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> terrible. Justin Fields so
0: outscored
1: him. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Fields did outscore him. Um, Andy outscored Andy Dalton. I know Um, Taylor. So Taylor Heineke, we mentioned him, Uh, Mac Jones against the jets next week. He's a potential streamer. He threw three touchdowns in his first game as a pro. Very impressive. Um, So, you know, jets have no corners. So, you know, it's very possible that Mac Jones is able to do his thing against the jets. Uh, So if you're in a deeper league, a 14 team league, and you need a streamer, Mac Jones is a possibility. Uh, Jared Goff, um, is he someone I, I know you mentioned him obviously against the 49ers defense like he was able to make his way back they, they made their way within one touchdown a one score of, of the 49ers at the end of the game this was a complete route um, but he ended up coming back and, and he ended up throwing three touchdowns in this game
0: yeah so I mean as we saw James Winston had five touchdowns against the Packers last week there's not really a wide receiver in one of the lines that Jay Alexander can take away and kind of like Scare off the rest of the team. Um, look, in the fourth quarter, I believe Jared Goff, I, I saw a tweet. He had about 27 pass attempts, which resulted in just short of 200 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this is going to be garbage time Jared Goff at his best. He threw the ball a ton this game. And if that trend continues, I mean, this is going to be one of those. Remember garbage garbage time Blake Bortles? Yes. And yes. how great exactly. that was for fantasy. Oh, this yeah. is the epitome of that. Right, and if he gets the right matchup, a divisional matchup on Monday night, I think we're going to see a lot of that. So I, I, I'm okay with Jared Goff as a streamer. Just know you're going to be disappointed until that fourth quarter.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, I, I like it. All right, I think that's all we got. Um, uh, so guys, I hope you guys get who you want on your waivers. Uh, don't overspend. Don't overreact to week one. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're just Man, I also just want
0: to mention real quick. I was looking. Uh, at this point during the day, ESPN releases the projections for next week. Elijah Mitchell's projected like 14, 15 points. And I think that's going to cause a lot more people to spend higher on him. So that's just another cause to be concerned. Because a lot of people look at projections and they're like, oh, I have to get that guy.
1: Yep. Okay. All right, guys. Hope you guys get who you want. Um, enjoy the g- – well, you, you're going to listen to this after the Monday night game. I was going to say enjoy the game. Joe, you enjoy the game tonight. I will. Baltimore I will. and uh, Las Vegas. And – um We'll see you guys in a couple days, and we'll talk about matchups. That podcast will be out on Thursday, uh, part one, and then part two will be out on Friday. So uh, keep an eye out or, or ear out for that. We'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. Later. Later.